Welcome back to Blurry Creatures podcast where we get weird. We're having Roger back on the episode today, Luke. And it's funny because as I was listening to the last edit of Roger, you made an 80s joke. What's your vector, Victor? <laughs> Roger, Roger. And I picked up on it later. So good job there, Luke. You're always dropping in the little uh, references and I sometimes I'm so tunnel vision I can't see him. Well, I mean, this is an 80s show, Nate. This is what we got to do. This is what we're here for. And if I got to make airplane references, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I know, but it's like there's just so many 80s movies. But as I'm going through them, I'm like, oh, dude, Luke. I'm just leaving bread. I'm leaving breadcrumbs for you. Yeah, dude, I love it, man. We, uh, we appreciate it, though, everyone out there listening. Uh, Roger's episode, obviously, is one of our most popular episodes. People loved it. Uh, the story got wild. And a lot of people were just, like, blown away by it. So we thought, you know, let's have him back on. Yeah, Roger Reloaded. Roger 2.0. Yeah, it's not as ex- it's not as explosive because we know what's coming, but you know. Yeah, I, the first time around, though, we have to talk. I mean, you and I had no idea, none, that we were gonna we were gonna round the bend. Yeah, from finding giant bones into what we rounded the bend into, which was serpent mound portals, Borcrocks, Bigfoot, Dogman, you know, and, and hanging out, Dogman, uh, the Rice Lakers, and all the above. Uh, there's some wild, wild stuff that happens on a piece of land in Minnesota owned by our friend Roger, and your favorite farmer, as you like to say. Yeah, I mean, you know what I love about these uh, these guys out in Minnesota is they just, they're not who you'd think they would be. We have a lot of stereotypes that these people out in the countryside, they don't know what's going on, or they're like poor podunk people with no brains, and I think it's, clearly it's more the city folks that are programmed and brainwashed, and some of them country people know really what's going on. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, the things that are happening to farmers um, down home on the farm. There's some some wild stuff going on, especially especially in in the vector. Victor, oh look at that! That uh, Roger and friends share. Yeah, there in the uh, land of ten thousand lakes. Yeah, uh, what I like about Roger is you know he calls me all the time and we chat, giving me updates. He's listening to the show. Gave me some suggestions. He's like, hey, get Melba Ketchum on your show. Talk about the DNA of Bigfoot and other creatures. So naturally, we thought it'd be good to have Roger back on the show, dive into it a little bit more, kind of hear more about his story, but just answer some of those questions, Luke, that we keep. You want to open up Pandora's box again. <laughs> plan on doing it. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like of. the update episode. It's like uh, part two. This is like Back to the Future 2. Yeah. And we already know that the Borcrocks in control now. <laughs> but what happens next? There was a hoverboard floating over the Serpent Mound, and we are going to figure it out. 1.21 gigawatts. There might be 1.21 gigawatts coming out of that mound. Man, I can't talk tonight. Uh, yeah, with the, uh, what is it, the ley lines and the energy channels. And the portal. He's got an energy portal. collector. It does. Yeah. A flux capacitor, or what have you. If you, if you will. <laughs> It doesn't matter how much you try to escape the '80s on this show. We can we can bring it all back. That's kind of what I wanted to say. So, without any further ado, let's get Roger back on the episode and get some more answers. Yeah, the much-awaited sequel to the first edition of Roger. I dug up giant bones.
Well, Roger, we can launch right back in. Thanks again for coming on the show. I feel like, you know, we've we've become good friends. We talk we talk a lot on the phone and uh every time we talk, I'm like, man, there's so much there's so many questions I want to ask, but I know our listeners, you our last episode with you, you you sort of opened Pandora's box a little bit for people with all the creatures not only have you seen but seem to have relationships with and they're coming on your property and whatnot. So I I don't know about you, Luke, but I felt like there was still a lot there we could learn. A lot of meat on the bone, Nate. <laughs> I don't, do you feel that way, Roger? Do you feel like do you feel like you still have a a lot to you you want to share with people that that you know that you feel like is you've experienced? Well, I covered about everything, but the trolls I'm recalling. You know, I talked to you briefly about that. But Andrea, you know, whenever uh, she said she grew up in uh, in Maine and uh, she ran into these hairy creatures, you know, Bigfoot, and she thought they're so nice. Well, then all of a sudden. There's the growling and all this stuff, and they were showed up here. They were here. You know, they came at you, kind of hell-bent for leather at first. But, you know, they're trying to get, get you to show fear. Hmm. And uh, I didn't do that, and we ended up sort of being friends. And I really miss uh, Becca. It was quite something. What a personality. And uh, hmm. so forth. And then Andrea would talk about... Her nephew would transform into a wolf. And oh, that was so nice. You know, she's kind of rubbing it in. And that's when the wolf man showed up out the window, you know, later. And didn't show how, how, how many times did you see that? Just once. Just once. How long did you see it for? Well, it was out there for quite a while. Um, I don't know. 10, 15 minutes, something like that. Was it moving around, or was it just... It was moving around, kind of in squirreling around, you know, and then looking at me with her red eyes all the time. You know, well, I didn't uh, show that fear either. So that didn't work, and Andrea started talking about on the reservation, we got these spirits. Well, that's for the skinwalker guy we ran into him. And that didn't work for them. Well, she started talking about dinosaurs. Well, sure enough, that's when the big guns came in. Horcrux. And when you say Andrea, who are you talking about for those listening? Andrea uh, Lancaster called herself. Um, she called all the time. And she'd give me information. Well, that's why I was keeping on talking to her about different artifacts and different things and so forth. But every time before these entities came in, he would talk about them. And then um, towards the end, when their plan wasn't working, started chanting curses at me, and I had to cover the phone up so I wouldn't hear the curses. Well, who, was ch- who was chanting curses, Roger? Was it Andrea? Andrea, Andrea. And there's another guy, too, I believe. How, wow. How did she find you? That show. So when you were on History, uh, the History Channel... All these people started contacting you, yeah. and a lot of talks we've had. You said you call them trolls, and Luke and I are starting to experience a little bit of that. They don't like Nate because he has red hair, which I think is pretty unfair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These guys buried here that are blonde haired. Talk to the internet, <laughs> blonde haired. You're safer. Wow. Nate's off the hook. And then uh, Ron, yeah, there's Ron Dalmula guy. He calls all the, you know, trying to get information where I phoned all this stuff. So I've given them a bunch of this stuff. 
Hmm. And later on, you know, I thought he was sincere, just like at first I thought Henry was sincere. But they're they're trolls. They're the dark side trolls. And I understand this because when I first called you, you, you know, you you were thinking I was one of those people. Well, because um, you never know, right? Yeah. Well, you got to keep your head on, you know. Um, but there's so many sincere people that I've called, told me about their artifacts. Um, the stuff they found, and they'd get their artifacts at the university, they wouldn't get them back again. All kinds of stuff like that. You know, I wanted to find out about that. You know, the deep state academia. So, so Andrea's calling you, and she's telling you about the creatures on your property? I guess, I guess. Well, it's coming up. She, she talked about these before these things showed up. Hmm. She'd talk about Bigfoot, and I never seen nothing out here, and and all of a sudden the growling came and horses were nervous and all that stuff, you know. So they were sent in, in my opinion, by the dark side. And uh, see, people, the dark dark side doesn't want to get any proof about the big guys out. That's why the Smithsonian's covering them up. Or any proof about how sophisticated the ancients were. And, and when you say big guys, you mean the giants. No, the big, we're talking about the big, the big guys. No, no, the giants. Uh, and so forth, and where they come from, and all that. Yeah, the big guys could mean a lot of things on this show. <laughs> Just want to clarify. Yeah. Luke's yeah. a big guy. We could be talking about Luke right now. We're not talking about me. No one's worried about me getting out of the Smithsonian. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess my question is: is you don't show these things fear, and then it feels like you start talking to them. Do you feel like Bigfoot? Bigfoot's neutral in that sense, where it it can be swayed to the dark side. Yeah, they're they're tweaked. You know, they got human, primate, and unknown DNA in there. That unknown is more than likely demonic. So then they're, they're like basically a chimera, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 But if you can make contact with uh, a human and primate, they can overpower that demonic one-third of them. You can uh, make a connection with them. Just like later I mentioned, you know, out on the deck, you might talk to them. They'd be out there, and you could see their silhouette. I got sick and tired of talking to him after a while, so I started playing them music. I found out they like Native American flute music, and they like John Anderson's Seminole Wimps. Wow. Yeah. Nate, this, we got we to gotta get that in writing, Nate, because we've we got to go out looking. Yeah, they are. Uh, yeah. Yeah, apparently they uh, make a connection to it. They understand English, everything else, you know. Do you think? Do you think that the there's a connection too with the Native American culture based on what your yep. their affinity for that for that music? That's yep. I mean, it, it makes sense though, Roger, right? Because we hear so much, you know, from folklore from Native Americans and, and from their and their oral histories about Sasquatch and Bigfoot and, and their own encounters and the hairy man of the woods. I mean, these go back generations. So I mean, I just find that fascinating, actually. That. Mm-hmm. And it also very makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they are. You know, it was passed on generation by generation. I suppose I don't know how old Esau is. If he's if he's five hundred years old or, or what, you know, you don't know how mm-hmm. old they're. But uh, definitely, his forefathers, you know, in connections with the Native Americans, and uh, you know, had much more habitat for an arm than up here. It used to be woods all the way from the Wild Rice River to Thief River. That was all dozed down. They were old enough to remember that with bulldozers going. Well, he hasn't got a lot of 
lot of habitat left just the Wild Rice River and a few patches here and there. So do you think Bigfoot is migrating around these portals, or do you think they're all coming in and out of the portals? Like, is Bigfoot able to go in and out of these portals, or is he sort of on Earth still, and there's other things coming out of the portals? It's probably both, probably both, because they were sent after me. <clears throat> you know, by Andrea and, and her uh, clan she's with, whatever, and because uh, everything she talked about. Yeah, we can kind of get back to that. She was whispering spells at you, and you knew right away that she was trying to. Yeah, after a while, and I also picked up on all these entities coming in when she's talking about them. She'd talk about the Bigfoot first, and all of a sudden, they came in. And then her nephew turned into a wolf, and then the wolf man came in, and then the spirits on the reservation, and you get the uh, skinwalker. And then she was really into the dinosaurs, <clears throat> and that's when the big guns came out. Mm. Roger, do you think she's conjuring these things, or do you think that she's, was like, I don't know, is she speaking these things? or Working on the demonic side. Yeah, she's in, on the demonic side. Yeah. You know, going, and they have all these tools. She referred to, oh, at one time, later after we've been talking, referred to the Bigfoot as their super soldiers. Or our super soldiers, she said. It sounds a lot like, in some ways, what we've heard about the Greys, is that they operate as kind of these soldiers or drones, these biological drones for for the enemy. And yeah, it could be. Yeah. interesting, the same language, kind of, when we talked to Alberino, Nate, he was talking about how these are biological drones and... You know, and it has all that let's do the UFO stuff. I, I had to ask you last time we talked, Roger, we were we talked about how you had the relationship with the Rice Lakers, these these three Bigfoot, and then and the Borkrock came and Yeah. And have they they've disappeared at this point. There hasn't been any more contact or any any new contact on, on your property with them or any other Bigfoot coming up. Do you feel like that's been that's because of what happened there with the Serpent Mound and the and the Borkrock? Do you feel like there's like a beacon just telling people to stay away or telling things to stay away now that might be friendly because of that? Or Three of them were killed. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, Becca, White Diamond, a little one. And the older ones didn't make contact too much, you know. I think they're around for a while after the battle, but I haven't heard nothing out of them now for a long time. <clears throat> it definitely was a battle good against evil. I was protected out here. There's no doubt about that. And people aren't going to believe that. Uh, couldn't come in on me. How long before How long before the things things started showing up? Was that after you disturbed the mound? Was that when it really began? After that show is when they noticed them. Ah. Uh, you know, Andrea started calling. I don't know if they were here before, but I didn't pick up on their their aggress. You know, their growling and snapping, pushing trees down. I mean, the way you describe Bigfoot is that, you know, Bigfoot can be used. A lot of these cryptid creatures that people see and have podcasts like ours, they're talking about them. Most of the time, the stories are not pleasant. They're actually pretty frightening. We had a guy on one of our first episodes, Duke, that talked about the different levels of Dogman. Or maybe I had a separate conversation with him about that. But he said that, I mean, he told me flat out on, on a phone call that the were the werewolves were conjured by Native Americans to destroy the giants. 
That's what he told me. Well, I don't know about that, but that th- th- they were designed almost. Nate, he did talk about like how there were different species and subspecies that got progressively more aggressive and evil when we talked about Bigfoot. And there oh, were like the Janoskwa. Yeah, there are yeah, ones that rolled in pebbles to create armor, and there's ones that. Yeah, that was the Janoskwa ones. They're yeah, pretty ugly. Pretty ugly ones, but I just find that fascinating. It's how we treat, how we treat them too. You know, you show your show fear. That's going to trip their trigger. Well, Roger, you're like the Bigfoot whisperer. Well, no, no, it's just uh, just you got to make sense of uh, things that are that are happening. You got to keep a level head and uh, try to figure out what's going on at the time. You have the TV show, then this Andrea lady starts calling you and harassing you, and and then you start seeing the werewolf creatures. Yep. Is that when you start making friends with the Bigfoot? Because I mean, don't you not trust them? I mean, when did you when did you start to trust them? I guess. Well, it's when they tried to, started to trust me. I didn't show them fear all the time, even when they're doing aggressive things. I treated them with respect, talked to them. Uh, Play them music and like Leroy did too, and and then you just treat them with respect, and they'll calm down. They'll trust you. It's all about if they trust you. Did you leave them any food or anything? Did your wife bake them some some good <laughs> some good uh, some good home cooked food? Now I tell you, that was a mistake. See, we used to eat pork back when we first came here. And I was going to, I wanted to let a lot of pork uh, lard. So I put it in a plastic bag hung by the edge of their house. And that was a big mistake. They got all amped up and trees were going down and all kinds of stuff. So we picked up, <laughs> yeah. So we picked up on that. By the way, we quit eating pork too. <clears throat> and threw that away. Got that on here. Bigfoot's kosher, right? <laughs> I tell you what, they sure taught us a lesson about eating pork. Interesting. He didn't like that. That was like an insult. They got to stay kosher, right? They still follow the old <laughs> law. Yeah. It, well, no, just that. They're independent, mm. you know. And uh, I tried them with the, with the pork thing, and that was a disaster. And it took a while to get their trust again. So, no, I didn't feed them, try to feed them anything after that. Well, just like Samson's mother. You know, if you were told by God, you know, stay away from the uh, bad foods, you know, the pork bottom feeders and so forth, when you're having Samson. And Samson turned into a Superman. Was all his senses also accelerated, like his strength? You know, it's, I don't know, but that's. Uh, hmm. Is it that or he had great, he just had great, he had great hair too. That could be part of it as well. I mean, really good lettuce. I mean, uh, <laughs> Luke would notice the hair. Yeah, I mean, they, well, we know that when it got cut, he lost his he lost his strength. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, he did. That's why I keep the beard gr- growing. That's why I keep the beard going. <laughs> Something that you bring to the story, Roger, more than, any, than anyone else I know in this space is you sort of look at him like human beings. Are I mean, some people, you know, they're they don't want Bigfoot hunted or any of that stuff, but they don't. They still go out in the wood and woods and act like an animal, thinking that that's how the, this thing's going to respond, right? But but you're talking to them, playing music to them. You're 
treat them. You're with actually, yeah, friendship and respect. And it takes a long time before they trust you. I mean, it isn't you're going to go in the woods one day and go out there and be friends with them because they're going to study you for probably a year or two before they uh, they can trust you. Roger, I have a, I have a follow up question. I mean, since all this stuff went down, is there are you maybe you answered this already, and I'm just not not uh, not queued in. But is there just no activity anymore on your property since since that well, the big battle? Well, just after the battle, I thought I heard Rebecca do that vocal uh, vocal whistle and do it real pretty. I heard that a couple times, but now there isn't but nothing. You know, is there no orbs or any any kind of any kind of activity at all? Everything after the battle got quiet. Hmm. Even the uh, the portal. The last time I took the rods over there, the rods were barely moving. Or the portal calmed down too. What do you think that is? Do you think it is because there was a battle? Is it? Do you think that there's something that happened? I mean, did you, has well, some... it's it's right. It's probably a couple different things. You know, with the crosses, the prayers, mm. and the dark side lost the battle, so they weren't pushing them up through the portal anymore. I believe, mm. as this is uh, the wild rice is sanitized model on each side. Always from the beginning to the end, it's through God's universal energy. Hmm. And since you've been on the sh- on the show, Roger, I mean, obviously you've been hearing a lot of guests talk about the sa- f- the same topics, right? Um, portals, ley lines, yeah. and we've been learning a little bit more about that. So it's interesting that as you know, time goes on, the guests who presented more out of the box ideas, like Tim Alberino, you and then other guests come on and talk about familiar things, and it's like, oh, there is this, there is this energy grid that we can't see. Yeah, certainly. And uh, I was, I was talking, I was talking to somebody the other day that there was a science article that just came out that said birds can see, birds can see magnetic fields. See that, Luke? No, I didn't see that. They proved that birds can can see magnetic fields, so they, they might be able to use that for navigation. I'm wondering if some of these giants had some of these abilities, like they could see, they could see things we couldn't see. Yeah, I mean, when they tapped into the ley line with that uh, ancient uh, French drain technology, only they didn't use boulders. It looks like they used clay and white granular sand and high energy smaller rocks. And uh, they they knew all about this uh, this natural energy and all that stuff. They tapped into it. Roger, we talked about this a bit with with when we talk about megaliths and stuff, right? These these massive structures yep. that got built and and the pyramids and the and, and the possibility of these being things that harness that power, right? That they're like power plants for the ley lines and moving these huge rocks and these huge statues on Easter Island were said in, in you know, in oral tradition to have essentially walked on the air to their resting places. So there's like some crazy stuff going on and we don't know that modern man really has no idea about. Modern man is ignorant, totally understood. Yeah. In a lot of homes. These guys, it, everything seems to be about energy, natural energy. Even the pyramids, like out here, you got pyramidal ditches within a big pyramid complex. You know, under the ground, about four feet is the top of the energy collector. I don't know how deep it goes. But all this is something to do with picking up and moving energy. And that's what I'd like to find out about. I don't know how to go ahead and do that. Uh, that fascinates me. 
it's interesting to me, Roger, that there's so many people that are kind of in this space who they do see some of this stuff, but they come to completely different conclusions than... That's because what they've been taught during the Matrix or something, you know, trying to go relate back to what they've been taught and what they come up with. That's, that's how Satan's keeping all this stuff quiet. You know, covered up, I shouldn't say quiet, covered up. Because people can't relate to it. They can't uh, critically think. That's nailed that one. Yeah. I, I want to ask you, Roger, since I feel like you're a, you're a man of of the unknown, really, in a lot of ways, and um, an expert on it, based on, not not of your, maybe of your own choosing, but where you end up living. Yeah. Uh, these la- this last month or so, there's been a huge uptick in... In in the in the media talking about UFOs and talking yeah. about disclosure and now the government's admitting there's there's UFOs and things in in American you know secured in airspace that shouldn't be there. What are your thoughts on that and and what's going on with that? Well, I think you know you got Ezekiel Wheel, and I think yeah. there's probably good. Uh, uh, UFOs are we'd consider them aliens, and there's bad ones. So there's like a war up in heaven, also against good, against bad, against good. And I think uh, some of these uh, UFOs or aliens are on the demonic side. It's much little green men from uh, Mars. I think this is part of the heavenly battle. You get good ones and you get bad ones. That's and, uh, that's kind of where where Nate and I are. I think I think I'm not gonna speak for Nate, but I think we tend to fall yeah. on the same in the same page. I don't I don't believe these are people from or beings from other planets. I think in the last couple episodes, Luke, our show's kind of turned the corner and really woken me up, at least and probably some of our listeners to the war. There is a battle going on. I mean, y- y- Luke, we were talking about mm-hmm. we're gonna have Dark Waters on the show. Uh, we emailed him and. I listened to him on Tony's podcast, and he was talking about the gates of hell being opened up because people are seeing, this is his all, all his words, I don't know, but people are seeing cryptid creatures that people in this space have never seen before. Do you think that some of these portals are being opened on a massive scale, Roger? Like things are coming out and unforetold numbers? and Exactly, exactly. And they're really opened up on me out here. Um, yeah. No kidding, buddy. <laughs> it was a war, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's happening elsewhere because this is a certain time right now where uh, Eagle's really coming out and attacking. Well, Laura kind of Laura kind of talked about some of that where you can go and you can actually pray over some of these spots. So my, from my perspective, Roger, it feels like Christians, people who can pray, can close these portals. Is that... Is that what we're going on? They're like popping up like mole holes, and people who understand are they're they're, they're trying to close them. Is that kind of what we're seeing? Yeah. Um, what do you think? See, I also got, had some information that when they built this egg in the serpent mound, they have some technology or some knowledge how to create a portal. And uh, Jenny says there's a green rock down there in the in the tomb where that gal's at. Hmm. She's a you know she's a she can walk over something and tell you what's in there. And they use something with the energy again to, I believe, create the portals because the portal right on the egg of the serpent. So that's one way to look at it, too. It could, there's different different angles at these portals. But, uh, 
that's where this one was at. So it. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. If they, uh, there's some energy is, well, I mean, it's powerful. It can do a lot of different things. You know, if they knew what rocks to use to draw the purple perfect energy up to make a portal, you know, it's it's possible because the portal is on the egg. Unless the portal was there, and then they built the uh, the tomb the egg there. We've got two different possibilities here. Isn't, Roger, do you think that some, some of that also has to do with, like, rite and ritual? Like, we talk about portals. We know that, like, Jack Parsons and, and L. Ron Hubbard with the Babylon working tried to do the exactly the same, try to do essentially the same thing, open a portal to allow yeah. the whore of Babylon to walk through. So are, do you think there's like structural things as well as, you know, spiritual ritual things that that people yeah. do and have done that, that open up open up these portals? Yeah, because uh, Jenny was talking about this green rock, and it was very important. And they probably use other rocks, and other, it'd be like a, a ritual. Hmm. Uh, I believe that's what opened the portal. Have you seen that video, guys? Uh, Luke, what you just described, there was this video that went around a couple of years ago about them doing a mock sacrifice at CERN. I heard about this. I haven't seen it. Did you hear about that, Roger? It was like in the middle of the night, a bunch of black-robed people came out, and, and there's like this the goddess statue right there. I can't remember the goddess. Yeah, I heard, heard something on that a while back, yeah. And there was like a little girl right in the middle laying on this like table thing. And then the guy filming it like freaks out when they like look like they're about to stab her or something. It, it, it was disturbing. But this is happening at CERN. Is yeah. Is that sort of a modern portal, like a scientific way of opening? A, yeah. We don't know how yeah. to build serpent mounds now, but we can build CERN. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Don't you uh, see it that way too? They're bringing in some. I do. Bad. Uh, demonic entities well isn't that much of what they do at the bohemian grove as, as well as documented especially when uh, alex jones infiltrated they they do this this what they call a faux human sacrifice and that's been debated whether that's true or not all these elites yeah. do it at the, at the you know at the altar of moloch i mean it's scary like it's so funny like the, the world and, and you know the world in general wants to wants to essentially act like you know, again, it's the same thing with the usual suspects. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was mentioning the world he didn't exist. That they want to say this is all like, uh, you know, this is all this and that. It's not anything real. You guys are talking about stuff as ancient history, and yet we see these people, modern day, right now, doing the same ancient rites that we know very well are occult and satanic and ritual, and yeah, and actually do open up and allow portals. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, it's just semantics to me in a lot of ways. We're, we're talking about the same stuff. And that's what all, the whole idea that there there are no new heresies, no new, just repackaged lies, right? And they just keep, they spin the same thing up and they're doing the same thing they've always done. The old serpent's up to the same tricks he's always been up to. Exactly, yeah. And they're bringing all this bad energy, all these demonic things, you know, they're releasing them. Yeah. That's why I think we started Berlaria Creatures, and that's where I think we're going, is we're trying to get better answers to this stuff, because a lot of these shows, people come on, and they just talk about weird things, and they never 
get anywhere with it. And I think that the reason we want I want to keep talking to you, Rogers, because you have this experience with this portal, and it sounds like a bulk of these things come out of these doorways. And I don't think there's just a bunch of random creatures running around that people haven't documented. I think there's something else going on. I think it's a little yep. bit deeper and spiritual. It feels very so. much more overt too, like even with the UFO stuff. Like the like the secrecy or doing it in the shroud is of darkness has kind of been lifted and it's almost like they don't care anymore. It's right. just like they're gonna be much more overt, much more out there. Yep. And it's hilarious because I think the people have been so conditioned, they've got fifteen second attention spans and we've been so conditioned to to the weird stuff by Hollywood and everything else and the television screen that people mm-hmm. doesn't even register. I mean, this whole UFO thing to me is, is mind blowing that it just doesn't, it's not blipping on people's radars. And yet this is, I mean, it, yeah, I just, I mean, I don't even know what it's, it's, it's crazy to me that these things don't generate the type, type of conversations or attention you feel like they, they should and, and do deserve. And I think that's part of the whole, the whole deception really. Is that the more more stuff is being done in front of our faces? Exactly. You know, and we're being told it's not 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 what we see. And what you're seeing is not what you see. It's not really that. And you're yeah. like, well, it sure looks like that. That's like we're getting hit with uh, both barrels, you know. No, in these days, and the times or whatever is triggering it, triggering it. Yeah. I'll tell you with Borkrucks. There's not going to be too many survivors that's going to be able to tell the story on them things because they are wicked. So when we talk about the war and we talk about these portals, something that Tim Alberino kind of put in my mind was, do you believe, Roger, that there is like an army, God's army, God's angels that are protecting us from these demonic creatures? They did it on here. God did it all here, and there's no doubt about it. And even with the uh, God's universal energy, with the rods, he gives you some responsibility. To, he doesn't want couch potatoes. Mm. He wants his people to fight for him and fight with him, and then he'll protect you. And with this war, he protected me. There's no doubt about that. Let me borrow a little bit of his power there to, to fight this fight we had out here. Took care of the demonic threats and border crocs, left or rice Lakers, because they weren't a threat to me. But all the rest of the threats, the energy took away, got rid of it. Sent it out there, sent it back to those who ordered them to be here. And uh, that was the most amazing thing out of this whole thing is God and his protection. And the power he gives his people to use, he trusts them with it. And it's just it was the most amazing thing. It totally changed my life. Totally changed my life. Totally changed my life. I keep having this vision, Luke of and Roger, like in the end, 
this stuff's going to fully, the do- the portals are going to fully open and stuff's going to come out when the gates of hell actually open. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, okay. I think it's going to be a terrifying time. for. Mm-hmm. I think people aren't going to be able to be asleep for much longer. <clears throat> right. They're, they're going to be running into stuff like I did. Uh. And uh, they better be ready for it. They're not running around. Well, can we talk about that? That I saw that uh, a werewolf creature as a kid, and it did have the glowing red eyes, and it terrified me. And I thought I made it up. My whole, I just thought it was a, a kid thing. And you said you saw it for f- 15, 20 minutes. Quite a while Do you think that was like a shapeshifter? Like somebody turned into that? You were saying? Well, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And it's, it was trying to get me to fear it. I just keep staring at eyes, and uh, and it it didn't have any power. It's all about fear. Bigger. Man, Roger, you got some cajones. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I could I I could imagine staring at something <laughs> like that. I did for a few seconds, and I ran. I was screamed like a like a baby. I was I was a little kid though. Well, you're a little kid. Then. You're not <laughs> yeah. in the grip thinking then. But uh, yeah, you gotta gonna be quick on the uh, making sense of things. Does it look like an animal? Or does it look like uh, like a more of a spirit spiritual being? It looked kind of in between, kind of like a blurry creature. <laughs> hey, there we go. There's some brandy. <laughs> yeah, and then it would be like doing circles and squirreling around out there and moving around, but keeping his eyes on me all the time. And I just kept staring it down. Your wife is a tough lady to to have. Oh, man, I can't. You know, while she went through, she was, she was scared, but she's still telling in there. But then after she heard the death roll, the, uh, the, you know, the squealing of the deer and the death roll and his boar crock heading out east across the land, crashing through the woods, knocking stuff down. That was enough for her. She had it. She <laughs> getting out of town, you know. So well, that's where we got that house in town. She likes it there. She doesn't like staying out here too much. <laughs> but. Yeah, I can imagine. But that's, uh, yeah, that's what uh, what happened. I know people don't believe me because they haven't experienced it. This stuff is happening. And if you don't handle it correctly, those things are going to get you. Right. And you're not going to be able to tell your story. I mean, it really makes me think about guys like David who just were fearless and rolled out there and like, I'm going to take on this giant. I mean, I think where they debated for like 40 days, he was going to take on Goliath. And I, I think there's just a bigger metaphor there that I think we like to think that these things were just periods of time when this stuff happened. But the more and more we, this show barrels on Luke, it's like, no, there's David and Goliath stuff happening every day. Mm. Yeah. It's not an isolated incident. Yeah. And, and look at the back of these. You know, the Maccabees was like it is right now. The deep state is trying to suppress our God from us, Heavenly Father. And that's what the Greeks were doing to the Maccabees. Maccabees had enough. They're going to fight for God, and God's going to fight with them. 
They had like a hundred to one kill ratio over the Greeks. Wow. The Greeks had enough of them; they just left them alone. That's their little part of their land to them. And that's what God wants. He He wants us to fight for Him. You know, not Him babysitting us all the time. He wants us to fight for Him, and He'll fight with you. And uh, you don't want somebody sitting on the couch saying, help me, help me, help me. He wants you to get off that couch, figure out how to defend yourself and him. Because we're, we're his left hand. Jesus is his right hand. And he made us for him. You know, to be to be part of him, to be with him, to be an ally with him. And that's what he wants. That's what happened. So it's so counter, I feel like, the message that society sends to, right? That everybody's entitled to something, everybody's a victim, and somehow that's celebrated. And there's virtue in that. Yeah. And I think it's, a, it's an important message. that It reminds me of like when we were kids. And I don't know, Nate, I went to a Christian school when I was a kid for a couple of years, mostly public school, but there was a song about onward Christian soldiers. There you go. Do you remember that song? Yeah, and it's and it's uh, that's what I think about when oh yeah you know when Roger's talking about this is that we are born into a world at war, and you know when we talked to Dr. Mike Heiser and and Alberino and some of these guys talking about the unseen realm, the spiritual realm, these things that we don't see. You know, the Apostle Paul talks about it in the New Testament repeatedly that there's so much going on that we don't see. It's as real or more real than what we do. I think it's always a good reminder, Roger, when we talk to you about this, is that there's just there's so much going yeah. on in 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 that that dimension that you know we can use what you call it, realm, call it spiritual realm, want to call it a dimension. There's so much going on there, and it spills over into the physical or to our, to our dimension. Yep, and it enters into our dimension as well. And not a lot of people have. I mean, I think there's enough people. I'd say the vast majority that walk around believing that you know, essentially living in a 2D world where there's just stuff doesn't exist. There's nothing beyond what you see and what you, what you touch. Um, and yet repeatedly we're reminded there is, especially in a piece of property up in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. What do you think's coming, Roger? Like, you, do you, what do you see coming down the pipe? Like, obviously it feels like the war is ramping up. Obama's talking about UFOs. We, we talked a little bit about that. You know, mm-hmm. clearly people have been send things at you to keep you from getting this knowledge out. I mean, do you think we're coming to a head where we're going to actually see a real war soon? Well, we are actually seeing a real war underneath the table, you know. You know, they were attacking me. They didn't want the truth out about what's going on out here. They want to keep that quiet. And uh, Andrea was definitely a demonic soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah you know, and coordinated with her group on an Ulster Cabal or the uh, whatever. But they were attacking me big time. Fight them as much as I knew how I could. And God stepped in, you know, stopped the border crops and so forth. And gave me the power with his energy. I could fight with him against them. Look look like Samson and uh, David. Who do you think a, a kid could take a giant? You know what I mean? God gives you this power. And he wants you to use it, you know, righteously, not against other people and so forth. He created us with a lot of potential that we're not using. And what what can I say? He wants us to fight for him like the Maccabees did, and uh, he'll fight for us. 
just just like it that says in the Bible. So that's what went on here, but nobody is you know, everybody's in a matrix thing can believe that, but this was one hell of a battle out here. One of the main things you said in our last episode that's always stuck with me is when you were talking about Bigfoot being in your barn, you said you would talk to him about God. It just it it just stuck with me. Be like, wow, like what a thought. Like what a huh. what yeah. a what a thought. There's so much there. Some people they can't even comprehend that there's creatures like this that exist. And then there's other people that just want to capture them and prove their existence. And then here you are just whispering to them the truth. Yeah. <clears throat> it's just a fascinating yeah. thought that they're listening to you talk about about God. I mean, do you think that Bigfoot's soul is up for grabs? That's what I've always been wondering. I mean, what's going to happen to the soul of the primate and the human in there, trapped in there with that demonic entity? We know what happened to the giants, right? I mean, they were... They were made to live in limbo, basically, searching for an, a body, and disembodied. So it's an interesting question. Only yeah. guy I know that's out there proselytizing to the uh, to the Bigfoot. I love it. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's what I made a contact with, with the human and the uh, primate, I believe. And we just kind of became friends. But the, the adults weren't quite there. He's, uh, he's doesn't like showing himself. I've seen Rebecca, I think, just one time besides the silhouettes off the deck. But Becca, she was like, she liked, she wanted to be around me and the horses. And then White Diamond a little one would be kind of with her, you know. Yeah, no, we became, I would consider friends, even though they were a demonic entity. Roger, do you think that some people gravitate towards other people who have the Spirit of God and... You know, in a, in a world of chaos, they can sense who has the spirit of God with them, and that's what lures them to want to spend time with that person. Well, I'm sure that's one of our senses. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of feel too if you meet people if they're sense if they're good or if they're bad. You know what I mean? You feel that too sometimes. Well, I th- I feel like with Bigfoot, when you describe it, it has these. Multi- I mean, sometimes I feel like that in myself. Like there's this two. DNA's warring inside of me, right? There's this gentle voice that, that speaks truth, and then there's just sometimes there's this other voice of rage, you know, that's just, you know what I mean? We all have that good and dark in us, and it just makes me wonder, like, yeah, what that is. Is that is that part of this other corrupted DNA, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think so. With Laura, there's dynamite with that uh, Nephilim DNA, you know, she's like a walking computer. And <laughs> everything. It's just amazing. But yeah, no, it's a contaminated DNA. So it's it's still around. It definitely is. Yeah, that's why we have to have new bodies. Yep. One of my last thoughts is just when the Bigfoot are communicating with you. You you talked a little bit about how they were kind of putting thoughts they could they can sort of talk to you telepathically or whatever. Yeah, sort of you can you know, with Beck at the window there, you can, I can kind of feel what they're thinking too, you know, like at the rhubarb thing, you know, but that's kind of body language I was looking at. But yeah, no, they, their senses are more sharp than ours. So that, but we have them too, but, but since we haven't used them for a couple, a thousand years, all the power that God gave us, 
we don't know how to use it. We don't even know it's there. And um, hmm. that's sad, you know. Well, I, I thought about that the other the other day. Like I was thinking about some things, very specific things, and then like my wife texted me like two seconds later about the same thing, and I was like, "Wow, that's weird." Or sometimes my wife will call me, and I'll be like, "Busy, I don't have my phone on ring," and I'll I'll be like, "She's probably getting a hold of me." I'll pull out, and it's it's like she's calling me. Like I I feel I I feel like the people you get close to in life, you you almost can sense, you do have sort of this. Yeah. different way of, of communicating like you can send us a, a thought out into the world and it gets to them <laughs> i don't know how to explain it other than that yeah i know we got we got abilities and god gave us that we don't use that we've we've lost over, over the last i don't know how many years we got a lot more powers and abilities than what the modern man even knows about god made us to fight for him Mm-hmm. Not the potato. So with these boar crocs and these other creatures, I mean, do you think there's just a whole host of different stuff that's waiting to come out, or is that? Well, I think they, you know, in the previous age or whatever, you know, when the the Greeks got all these uh, like uh, unicorns and all these animals. Uh, Greeks were in this age, but I think they had the knowledge from from <clears throat> Noah's age when everything was corrupted. That not only passed on, came over the ark, you know, because, uh, you know, you got Shem, Ham, Japheth, and their wives. They had all this knowledge in their head. And they landed in this age. And they taught that down to their, their kids. And that's where it fired up again, you know, a bit. That's where that knowledge kind of fired up again. That's why the Greeks knew about the uh, unicorns and, and uh, all these creatures. It's just my opinion. Centaurs and minotaurs and... Yeah, yeah. Just like, um, you know, you're talking to your, your kids, your son or your daughter about, well, this is the way it was before the flood. And, you know, telling the story about all these animals and whatever way things were. Roger, I had a thought the other day. I was listening to the book of Jasher and I was just thinking about I think there's a lot of stuff in the story of Nimrod. Laura talked a little bit about it. What they were building. The way society was before the Tower of Babel and kind of what happens after. Do you think some of these creatures could have spawned from that disbursement of of people? Like there could have been some people that were cursed and they, they were turned into I don't know, a race of Bigfoot or something. I mean, I don't know. It's just how this stuff survived is just is always puzzling. But I just there's so much weird stuff in that story. Yeah. Especially if you read some of the extra biblical literature, some of the weird things like they were doing and I don't know. Well, even in the Bible, you know, when Esau was born, he was the firstborn. But when what was it? Uh I'm bad with names. What's his brother's name again? Jacob? Jacob, Jacob. When Jacob was going in to get the inheritance, he put a, a goat's uh, uh, hide on his arm. His dad was blind, and his dad touched goat hair on, on Jacob's arm, and he thought it was Esau, and he gave the, bless, the blessings, right? So now it was Esau. He planted in Rebecca's womb. 
another way of looking at it. You know, the normal uh, said she he transformed, but I don't know. Imagine being that hairy, Roger, where someone's touching a goat skin and, and they think it's, man, that's just it's rough. And it's, <laughs> yeah. I saw some guys like that at the beach. <laughs> yeah, well, that's so exactly the way the rice lakers were. They bought that hairy. Is that the start of their clan in, in this age? <clears throat> you know what I'm getting at? Yeah. People people have sent us those types of messages. You know, people have some of those theories that, I mean, yeah, I, I think when I we thought hairy, we just think, oh, yeah, just like a man pump full of testosterone just grows a lot of hair. But it's, yeah, but I it, mean, sounds, it sounds, it sounds, yeah, it definitely sounds more like a Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Just a just a completely hairy person. That's what it's looking to me where that clan started. Because they are kind of like a clan, but they don't want to, they are a clan, but they don't want to mess, be with humans, you know, they're uh they're scared of us. Stay away from us. But could that be the beginning of the uh, Bigfoot clan, the Rice Lakers? <clears throat> I don't know. You know, I'm just uh, possibility to look at. Well, I mean, it's just fascinating to, to to talk about, to think about when you read these stories of you know Samson's hair and some of these supernatural yep. powers that he had, and they're building this ziggurat to the to the sky to try to have a war with God and open a portal. And, you know, some of these guys that are born in the Bible that are super hairy and can change form. And uh, I don't know what has to happen in your life to bust the paradigm to think when you start to realize they weren't making these stories up, you know? Oh, no, they weren't. They're passing the knowledge on down to us. And we're so much in the matrix, we can't pick up on what they're trying to tell us with this stuff. Right. We haven't experienced it, you know. So do you miss the Bigfoot, Roger? Do you miss having them come around? Yeah, I miss Becca a lot. She had quite a personality. She was was pretty cool. Would she leave you anything? Like, would she leave you gifts or? Yeah, well, yeah. We, uh, well, Jenny actually put some crystal out where she thought her paths were. And they returned the favor by putting high-energy rocks in my pathway where I go down to get burning weed to fight my arthritis. So they did the same thing she did. They returned gifts, uh, a gift. Jenny gave them a crystal, and, and the uh, Rice Lakers gave me, actually, a rock. They put a rock. You know, you mow the yard all the time. It's a fairly decent-sized rock, you know. doesn't just pop out of the ground. On both my paths down to the burning weed, there was a rock and both of them passed. They knew my path to where I go to get that stuff. It's like they heard Jenny saying that she's going to find their pathway and give them a gift of the crystal. They got two pathways and put the crystals there, and then a few days later, then the rock showed up where I walk. They, they take their time and try to make sure everything's right before they do a reaction, you know. Um, well, they do stuff like that. Um, and do you think they could walk right up to you and you wouldn't <clears> be able to see? Can they, like, they can cloak themselves and they could, do you think, was there any times when you felt like they're right next to you? On the eastern side of the property, the government's got a habitat destruction project. They ground up all the trees in the brush and that, I'm sure. 
Isa wasn't happy about that because that's his habitat. Main wanted to work for Sandy in the, in the northwest part of my, right, right along the woods. And they said, do you want these trees cut down? I said, no. I want the trees left alone. And I heard a big crashing behind me. Couldn't see nothing. That guy was surprised too. So I don't know if Isla was standing right alongside of us when we were talking about this and he heard what's going on. I mean, this, and then he, he took off after he heard the conversation. But, so I got a witness there. That guy was there too and he heard everything. So, so I don't know. We, uh, we couldn't see anything, but the crashing was really close. And uh, just like uh, Isla got the story and then he took off. And uh, I don't know what the plan was, you know. I was down into the little field. I was cutting some vegetation. We had box elders growing out in the field. And the parking the tractor down there, taking the ATV back up. And I heard a big bang. You know, it was wood against metal. And I mean, it was, you know, we're talking over a quarter mile away from where I was to where the tractor was. So I go down there the next day, you know how strong buckets are. Rather, the bucket was dented in. Hmm. Issa didn't like me cutting down his habitat. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just taking some vegetation that was hanging over the field, and he wasn't happy with that. Well, that reminds me of the, the one of our first episodes, Luke, when we were talking about in Bluff Creek when the Bigfoot was messing with the tractor's stuff in the middle of the night, and then a bunch of workers quit. Yeah. Oh. It's like... I don't like you knocking down their habitat. I sure don't. Man, I mean, as the show barrels on, it's like this stuff's right in... It could be right in front of you, and you don't even know. It doesn't matter. It, it, it could be right there. It could be... There's yeah. something... We, we, we just can't see things... The war, the war creatures, all kinds of stuff could be literally right in front of us. And depending right. on your perspective, you can begin to see it. And I think, I think that's the thing is the Bible, these stories, they begin to become alive. They begin to show themselves to you the more you're willing to see them. Yeah. And when you read the story of Samson, you go, oh, yeah, that was just, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a metaphorical story of something greater. But then if you go back and you're like, <laughs> no, he was real. There was something no. going on there. All that, uh, all those details are not exaggerated. But the, but the opposite side is just opening your mind too much. And then you're susceptible to the, the darkness. So there, there's always this debate, Luke, of how much do we open our minds and, and how do we protect ourselves? Because the, like Heiser said, the other side is very real, and you can get a lot of things from them that seem beneficial. So that's when you go back to testing the spirits, Jesus said, right? But I mean, you can't just, you know, what I mean, I mean, it's like you have to practice, right? You sure. can't, you can't roll in and be like, oh yeah, I know the words test the spirits, but what does that mean? What does that yeah, really mean? How do? How? Yeah, it's like it says that. You know, when they're called in on me here, you know, talking to Andrea, they were called in in, in, in ways, kind of. That definitely is the dark side. 
I don't know how they did it if if the cabal was sitting on the table or what or how it was done. But it was definitely they were definitely sent in from the dark side. There's no doubt about that. It's what a deal. Hmm. And what would you say, Roger, to like some of these Bigfoot believers or hunters, if you could, what are they doing wrong? Or it's kind of my last question of Well it depends on what kind of intentions it depends on what intentions these people have. It's, it's going to hurt them. You know, rice lakers pick up on that and be going against them. Or, but, you know, if you've got good intentions, probably you're going to have to study you for a long time before they trust you, before you'll be able to see them. What I experienced here, first we went kind of, they went against me. And then uh, I kind of you know, swayed them over, and then they started making contact. Hmm. So, I know they're tweaked. All they want to do is have a quiet place to live right now, unless you amp them up. These guys are running around down banging on trees and drones and all kinds of stuff. That's just going to aid to their anger against us. You can calm them down or you can rub them up. It's whatever you want to do. That's all I can say about that. Well, Roger, I appreciate you coming on and, and we're trying to piece together this unseen realm and this war and this energy grid and these portals and ley lines and these oh. creatures, these creatures. Yeah. I mean, I keep coming back to the blurry creatures, you know, that have an origin. Yeah, yeah. well, um, thanks for having me on and I'm sorry about you guys got pulled like that, you know, but... Uh... Well, they ain't going to believe me either, but it really happened. Well, I feel like when you start telling the truth, you know, either they're going to shut your internet off or cut your audio out, or I'd rather have that than a Borg Croc show up, you know? <laughs> oh, no doubt. Oh, man. You know, I can't, if if I didn't, if I just told the people what they like, just talked about the Bigfoot, and not tell the whole story, that would be a, a matrix. When you get half the story... And you don't get the whole works, every detail. Wouldn't be telling the total truth. That's right. Can't can't agree more. Like we we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into launching this podcast. But if you want to know the truth, I believe there is a truth. And I believe if you want to know, if you want to get down to brass tacks of what Bigfoot is, where it comes from, it it's gonna get it's gonna get into this. I'm thankful that Luke and I share a similar faith that we can explore these topics. Because if we were just, you know, I think the demonic stuff, when people talk about it and they don't really want to chase down the truth part of it, there's certain personalities like mine just drives you insane. It's like, what, what is this thing? Where'd it come from? It, it, you know, it's not just spooky stories forever. And unfortunately, when you get into the truth part of it, that's when people turn, turn it off. Oh, I can't, I can't handle the truth. I'm just gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna go to another podcast that doesn't just keeps things ambiguous and and mysterious. Yeah. yeah. What I experienced, I told told you guys, and I knew people wouldn't handle that. But it's uh, good against evil is real. Mm-hmm. God was the most. It was just mind blowing. What he did. Mm-hmm. Never be the same again on that one. Yeah. That's how it goes, right? When you have an when you have an encounter with God, it's, it's you're never the same. No, that's strong. 
Well, Roger, I appreciate you soldiering on and, and, and telling us your story and dealing with trolls that come at you because, you know, you talk about these giants. It, it just blows my mind what's out there in our world that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting half of this stuff. But, uh... Well, give your wife a hug for us. Yeah. She, <laughs> She's a tough lady. Yeah, she is. She is. She trusts God's to protection. But she just couldn't take enough was enough. Well, she's she wrangled a wildcat in you, Roger, so <laughs> she's a tough lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. I love it. Yeah. Well, so you're gonna put this everyone's gonna wonder, when you sell the farm one day, what's the Zillow listing gonna say? Well what we had it up for sale. And um I talked to Rods. I talked to God's universal energy. Does the Heavenly Father want me to sell this property? Got to know. Yeah. And does he want me to continue staying here trying to get the truth out? I got to yes. So that's where I'm at right now. We can't sell it. And with all this history here and what went on, it's, it's hard to leave it. You know, you want to yeah. get the truth out, but you can't. Because... Yeah. Everybody's in a matrix, you know. They can't wrap their head around it. I know. You just wanted to have a farm, and boy, you had no idea what was coming. Yeah. No, we, this is kind of a retirement thing. I work for the railroad. bought this, and I rent the tillable out. And that's where the farming comes in. So it's actually mm-hmm. rented out, the tillable. But I still got, you know, the Coon Creek and the wild rice and some other woods on this property. So that's... Uh, where I'm at. Well, Roger, thanks again. Yep, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Roger. Yeah, thanks a lot. Watch over them trolls. Yeah, <laughs> we'll watch out for them. <laughs> yeah, and like right. always, I'll be, I'll be looking for your phone calls and uh, appreciate you, you know, calling me and talking to me and helping us out. And and uh, we're gonna get Melba Ketchup on the show. Thanks to you. Perfect. And keep talking there about the go. DNA, Luke. The DNA. Mm-hmm. The story. The DNA. The story that keeps on popping up on our show. There you go. Thanks, guys. Thanks, All right, Roger. Roger. Later. See you. Bye. Dude, the the Zillow thing is great. I you'd be just like historic earthworks, <laughs> like new like new portal. <laughs> historic. Lightly yeah. used lightly used portal. Some uh, some landscaping in the in the shape of a snake. Mm-hmm. Historic architecture. That's right. Before you buy that house out there, right? You never know what you're gonna get. That's right. That's Look right. Out. Might be giant bones in the in the side of your your creek bed. You yeah. know, it was a serpent mound. And then you know what happens? Next thing you know, you're playing flute music for Bigfoot. <laughs> I love Roger. I love it. It's like my mind. I've taken little bits of pieces of information over the years, Luke, to get here. And depending yeah. on where you are and how much you've listened to over the years, the fascinating thing about outside of the matrix information is it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. My mind's in a different place. I'm just I'm thinking about things differently. I don't have the knee jerk like, oh, it's feeling in my gut anymore. I'm like, oh, interesting. You know, how does that fit into other things I've heard? This is just still so wild, man. And I, I just the thing with Rogers, it's just so nonchalant, matter of fact, this is how it is. 
you know, it's hard not to like love the guy one and then two be like, man, maybe there is something to this, right? I mean, he says people don't believe it. He's just out there telling the truth. Yeah. It's a wild truth, Nate. It's a wild truth. And he's got his friends at that age. You've got a lot of friends. Yeah. You got a lot of people that you know over your life. I mean, just think about the pushback you, you do right now when you say, hey, they found out something was going on in Wuhan. If you posted that on your Facebook page right now, what would you get? I mean, yeah, that's just another can of worms, isn't it? But I'm just saying, like, what if you said, oh, yeah, there's this portal on my property and there's things coming out of it. I don't think your friends would take too well if you told them there was a portal in your backyard and stuff's coming out of it. <laughs> yeah, my friends would be like, um, yeah, you know about that dinner plan we had? It would be okay. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's much easier to go on with your life and pretend like you're not living in a matrix. It's much more comfortable than than to confront and critically think. It's much more comfortable to live in your uh, in your safe space in the little little sandbox that you've you've drawn out, and color inside the lines. And you got to open that up, man. We're here to open people's minds. And what we ask of you is what we always ask: is that you critically think. It's such a rarity today to actually. Use your mind to think, to research, you know, to, to not take things at face value, um, and to not just to listen to one narrative. And and I think that's kind of where we are, Nate, with the show as well. You know, is to bring is try to bring all the facts and all all, the, all those all the sources and all the hidden material and bring it to light. You know, and then run it through the run it through the sieve and allow that to shape shape our worldview. You know, this ended up not exactly where we thought we'd end up. In a lot of ways, starting a Bigfoot podcast. And I know we say this all the time, so you got to apologize if you're tired of hearing us say this. But it's always impressed on me that this is, that we are where we are. It's not where we really set out necessarily to, to go, but I'm really, but it's where I really, maybe if I'm honest, where I want to, where in my heart, where I wanted it to go, right? Is to kind of unlock, unlock some of the mysteries of, you know, just the mysteries in general, right? And, and, and but, but link that back to the foundational beliefs that we have in the Bible and our own faith, right? And, and then, you know, to marry those those things, then also sift through the rest of uh, the rest of mysteries. You know, with that worldview in mind, and I think that's um, it's been it's been a mind grenade and a half. I think a couple things with what you just said. One is you have to get in tune with your heart and your spirit, yeah. and you have you have to start seeing the world from a different lens. I mean, you have to tune out the noise. The noise is so loud, and this podcast is so freeing because you and I, we can press record, we can bring on somebody, right? And we don't know what's going to happen, but we don't have to answer to a staff or a group of people who are like, hey, uh, that last episode you did, yeah, you can't talk about that. Because if you talk about that, you won't have a job next week. Yeah, Spotify and Joe Rogan, right? Yeah. I mean... Which is rad because right now we I think we hit like 70, 70, 75, 76 members. So there's people out there that are connecting with their heart, I think, to what we're doing on this show. And if you love what we're doing, Luke and I are still hustling all kinds of other side gigs to try to find more time. Luke and I hung out yesterday and we, we talked about the podcast. We talked about what's going on. I was talking about Roger calling me and saying, dude, you need to get Melba Ketchup on. And I was like, okay, Roger, we'll get her, we'll get her on. And then that night I go online and then Mel, I see her posting on Facebook from her personal page on an, on another page that a friend shared. And I was like, wow, that's weird. I've never seen her post before. And so I sent her a message and she wrote me right back. So it feels to me like you and I are like, we shoved our canoe out into this water and we had no idea yeah. where it was going to go. So if you like what we do and you want to support us, 
we just want to say thanks to the 70, 70 some odd people who do that right now. Seven bucks a month. It helps us do this. Record guys like Roger. Find Roger, you know. I probably had 10, 15 phone calls. I've developed a relationship. Like, I just want you listening to, to know that I'm not, I'm not just out. Like, I really care about the people that come on our show. But I think we just inject a lot of heart into this is what I'm saying. I'm not. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I think that's 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 just well that's just kind of how I'm wired. But anyway, you are wired that way, you old, <laughs> you old emo boy from way back when. I just I just keep my hair, hair looking good, and you'll keep wanting to hang out with me, huh? I know, and I'll just keep telling you not to put the to put the eyeliner down, Nate. <laughs> put the put the guy liner. The guy liner. That's what it was called when when I was. So, well, yeah, well, I didn't I ever miss- put any guy liner on, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I kept it squatchy. You thought about it though for a second. No. <laughs> I, the weirdest I got is there might have been a, a there might have been a flat iron in the tour bus at one point. But, but, but oh, buddy! But we won't talk about that on no, this show. We'll leave that. We'll leave that in two thousand two. If you've been listening to the show, you know that Luke loves his hair. Like I love the little people. Apparently, Luke loves his hair. Not my not my not my hair. Just, just love a good head of just love a good head of lettuce. You know, if you got a mullet. Gosh, just like you're you're way ahead of the rest of humanity in my book. Was that what drop drew you to the squatch? Dude, if Bigfoot had a mullet, I mean I'd be we'd have been doing this podcast ten years ago. <laughs> That's the reality. And maybe he does up in Canada. We gotta we gotta get Ken back on the phone. Yeah. He's got a bunch of Bigfoot poop in his in his in his freezer. Maybe he knows about the hockey haircuts on the on the Sasquatch up in America's hat. That sounds like a meme right. coming. Oh like oh yeah, damn, he looked like he played for the Edmonton Oilers, yeah. Eh? <laughs> That's our logo right there, the future logo. That's when we just can, you know, quit our real jobs. Once we just get that out there for the people, we gotta get people what they want. And I appreciate you guys out there listening week after week. Um, it's just cool. If you want to support us, go to blurrycreatures.com, hit the members section. Got four or five episodes up there already. We're shipping merch, Nate. Merch is gone. It's, it's shipped. Out. It's out. And we buy, have- it and, buy it and I'll ship it right away. That's right. Luke's Luke's on it. Luke is the merch man. Anyway, blurrycreatures.com and send us a message, blurrycreaturespodcast at gmail.com. And like always, Luke, roll that time, cop.